What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome to this very special Survivor Series Around the Fool edition of Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by GorillaPosition.com and presented by Hameen Media Group. We've all heard the stories of Vince and the creative team members sitting around the pool, and today Rick and I are going to make our pitches to the man himself for how we'd book Sunday's big show to go down. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. We're talking creative as well as the business behind the business that is professional wrestling. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day, joined alongside my Huckleberry RBV. Rick, welcome to your show. It's me, it's me. It's an R to the B to the V. Rick Vickery here, sitting poolside on this crispy November morning, trying to make sense of this crazy game they call Survivor Series. You know, this being a novelty, a.k.a. a one-off, as, uh, as we've been calling it. Man, so much going on here. Such a special attraction. Man, it's been hard to kind of just uh, really sink my teeth to this and just figure out which direction I want to go in because so many options. Uh, it's going to be such an exciting show. Of all these shows that we have done, and we've done a handful of them now, I think this was the hardest one. Do you agree, or have you? Uh, did you have a more difficult time with one of the other shows? Man, I I, I do. I I completely agree with you, one hundred percent. And we're you know with the WWE, you never kind of know what, what direction you're going in. The beautiful thing of what we're doing here, it's to try to make a a masterpiece out of maybe things that we see that are our disaster coming in. It was very difficult to not overbook this show. Like, because every match you're tempted to like, Oh, well let's do outside interference or let's do some kind of a weird, crazy finish. It was really hard to not overbook this show. I would say that, you know, the, the problem there lies or the, the trick to this, because this essentially is, you know, it is a one-off and we didn't get a lot of like traditional build here. But although there is a lot of uh, intrigue, you know, with your champions versus champions and a few storylines we have, and you and you really want to protect people going forward so that when they go back to their own little separate brand worlds, that you still protect somebody. Uh, but you, but like you said, you just can't. Every match can't have a great swerve and come out of left field on you. You got to save those select few moments. And it really does feel like. This is the real kickoff to WrestleMania. Like, you know that stories are starting here that are going to carry through all the way till WrestleMania. Do you agree? I would completely agree. And, and, and what I really think the, the beauty of it is here is you can disguise those little stories under this brand warfare umbrella. There, there's a real opportunity here to really plant the seeds for what we're going to see kind of start to, I don't know, mature a little bit through December, through January, and then really start to sprout around the rumble and just take us on the road to WrestleMania. You know, I, I guess, brother, are, are you, I know you were kind of under the weather there. Oh, Everything I'll be all right? all right. I'll be all right. He's a trooper. He, he's not a Nia Jax. He doesn't need to go home and take time off. He's ready to go. And this is only the first of, uh, man, we've got, Hours and hours of me and you this weekend, don't we? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if I can talk come Monday. We'll see how this works. So one thing that I thought was very interesting was late last evening, you sent me basically your rundown for this show. And I took a look at it and I said, yep, that looks good. How am I going to do it different? And I thought back to the last time that we did one of these shows 
and I booked very much a New Japan card. So when I formatted my card, I formatted it very much in the mindset of how would Ghetto book this show. So, Rick, let's run down your card, then I'll run down my card, and then we'll actually jump into the matches themselves. Sounds good to me, sir. I, I am going to open this up. Uh, well, is, is anyone out there has listened to any of our previous poolside bookers? They know that I have a, a ton of promotion coming on the pre-show because uh, me being from the promotion business, I, I, I like to really work it up right to the doors open. That is my hard push right there to finish. Uh, but right now we're just talking about the meat and potatoes, the main card. I am going to open it up with the uh, women's traditional Survivor Series match, five versus five. Uh, number two, I'm going to come out with uh, Intercontinental Champ versus U.S. Champ, Miz versus Corbin. Number three, I'm going to have uh, my tag team squaring it up, the Bar versus the Usos. Number four, I am going to have uh, the, the lovely ladies, our two top princesses in the uh, my Shar Shar the Queen versus Bliss the Goddess. I'm going to follow that up with uh, Big Six on Six, the two premier factions in WWE, the Shield and the New Day. Second to last, my semi-main event, the top titles in all the land, Lesnar versus Styles. And then I am going to close out the main show with the where I think they put the entire story, the emphasis, everything's around it. It is star-studded. It is the men's traditional Survivor Series 5-on-5. Like I said, I took a very, very New Japan approach to this. I booked it the women's five-on-five, five, followed by the men's five-on-five, five, followed by the bar versus the Usos, the women's championship match, or not even championship match, it's just the women's match, U.S. title versus the Intercontinental title, the big six-man, and then, of course, champion versus champion, because to me, that's got to be the main event i i know you i know you've been harping as your main event but, but brother I, I gotta ask you to back something up here you you're really gonna put the men's five on five second absolutely when when you watch a new japan show they do this all the time you end up with a six-man tag or an eight-man tag a 10-man tag and it's full of legends part-timers very much like this match is that's what should kick off the show okay uh well the, the visual behind our poolside booker, you know, we, we're sitting up at Vince's, we're sitting up the uh, McManic state, state right? Um, we're playing the roles of maybe uh, a brother love, uh, Jim Cornette. We're up there booking a the show for him. I'm Man, about I, to get thrown in the pool, ain't I? I got to tell you, if, if you, Jocko, if you go over and hand Vince a booking sheet with Cena, Triple H, Orton, Angle, and Shane, essentially curtain jerking, well, I got news for you, man. Your ass is going to be hanging out with James Ellsworth next week. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. I'm I, I, sure. hope, I, I, I hope you didn't unpack your bags, man. <laughs> it's going to be a long walk back to Iowa. I don't, I don't even think you're getting the corporate car out of, out of the estate, man. You might have to Uber it out of there. Well, let's start off with the women's five-on-five. We both agree that that should be the opening match. One thing that I always like to put an emphasis on is who's going to be the first person out? Who's going to get that big opening pop? What's going to be the first song of the night of the concert? Okay, we, we have to rewind. We have to rewind. 
we're not at the opening match yet. Oh, yeah. We got to go to the pre-show. We have a two-hour pre-show. A two-fucking-hour pre-show. Now, let, let me really ask you here. You know, we, we go around about this all the time. We're both from promotion. You're the same ma- mindset that I am, that that these these minutes in this pre-show should count towards your your final drive. It's the final pitch to sell the show. What do you, what do you feel in their mind? Cause we know what their pre-shows are. You know, they're, they're, they're hype packages. There's just a, uh, your stage crew talking. What is the real need that you, do you think they need two hours for this? They don't. There's absolutely no reason that they need two hours for this. None. I've got nothing. That's what I'm saying there. So, so once again, let's make this pre-show count. So I, I guess uh, the pre-shows, I always overdo my pre-show. So I'm, I'm going to jump in how I would open my pre-show here. I, I'm going to come in with a uh, – we, we, we each, we both have, and maybe more so me, we really hammered down. We, we really didn't like just under siege. But, you know, we are here. So let's let the production team do something really great that drives home this brand war. Really bring it together. You know, kind of cut out the, the cornball stuff we've seen. Really make me buy in and feel this thing. I, I want a story there that is involving Shane and Stephanie. I really want to feel, you know, that really is this tension between who really wants to outdo the other one. Okay. You have my intrigue. After that, they come in. I'm going to, instead of like the big backstage thing, I'm going to cut to the crew. Uh, I'm going to have them introduce it. I believe the show is, um, it's Renee, uh, Booker, and Sam. That sounds right. Immediately, I want Renee to be interrupted as they're hyping it up that she just has tremendous news, tremendous news. This is why you have to tune in here. Vince McMahon himself is going to open the pay-per-view. Interesting. He's going to be here to open it up, set it off, so you better head on over to the... I'm going to do a hard pitch for the network right here. You better sign up right now if you don't have it. And if you think you can miss the first couple minutes of a pay-per-view, then you are wrong. What else do you got on the pre-show? Well, we got some matches there on the pre-show, right? Uh, I'm kind of going through my notes here. We have Enzo versus Kalisto for the Cruiserweight title. The only match that actually means anything is on the pre-show. Okay, so I'm going to keep that match. Uh, Also, I'm going to have an announcement for an additional 5 versus 5, a bonus match, 5 versus 5 traditional Survivor Series between the brands. Uh, I will get that to a minute, minute here. Uh, some of my highlights backstage. Uh, Jason Jordan, with a camera behind him, emphasis on camera behind him, walks into Kurt Angle's locker room. You know where I'm going with that, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, he goes in there and he tells his dad he realizes that his dad had, had to make a tough call and he really understands it. He, he knows he was upset. He, he's going to get back. He's going to be even better than ever, and he wishes his dad the best of luck. What I'm doing there is I want to really tease all the individuals out there like you that really think there's a turn coming tonight. I like it. Uh, when he walks, he's going to walk out of the office, close the door, camera still in tow, uh, a couple steps, and then he's going to be uh, confronted by his old tag team partner. 
one Mr. Chad Gable. Gable is going to come up to him. We're going to have a little uh, a little teaser tense moment. Hey, man, how you doing? Haven't seen you in a while. You know, a little vibe like that. Well, didn't Gable beat the shit out of him during the under siege angle? I know. Uh, so Jordan gets a, you know, he kind of gets his stance up. Hey, man, that was just, uh, you know how it was. You know how things have been lately around here. Tensions are high. You, you took off a raw. I'm trying to survive over in SmackDown. You, you, you kind of got that tension between the two. Is there kind of, you feel, you feel maybe they're maybe a fist bump or maybe they're just going to throw nucks. Then Shelton Benjamin comes into the picture, puts his hand over both of their shoulders and says, boys, we need to talk. And then walks away. Ooh, we have a potential faction going on here. That's a big cheeser there. Big like teaser. It. I say cheeser or teaser. Cheeser, I think. <laughs> that's a big teaser. I was actually looking at my note where I actually had the word cheese get up here. Because, hey, that's a good transition here. Because, you know, on SmackDown, we saw the, the cheesy rah-rah pep rally last week from uh, Team SmackDown, correct? Quite possibly the only segment that's also up with the Bailey, this is your life segment from Alexa okay. Bliss for worst segment of the year. Yes, that segment. So in this pre-show, I want to do a flip. Uh, I want raw. I don't want the whole raw roster. I just want that five on five or the five man team there to be cold, calculated killers sitting in a room together. So suddenly, uh, Joe is the captain. No, I, I want. I want some tension there. Tension amongst themselves, or just tension in the air towards SmackDown. Maybe I just want. I I want those guys to look like. And I was really trying to think how I present this. I don't know if I want Kurt trying to get like a speech going or he, or even he realizes, or maybe he does try to come into it and, you know, Triple H shuts him down. Or I probably have Joe shut him down saying, hey, that's their thing. You look at this room right here and you go around, you think about Team Red. You go around that team, they are some badasses. When they have to turn it on, all of them, and oh, even one of the guys that, that I totally crap on all the time, but when he's got to pull it out, when he needs to be a tough guy, he can. Even Finn can get in there. I want to see that killer instinct. I, I kind of want those guys. I want that look on their face. Hey, no one in this room really likes each other, but we are going to destroy and mow through anything in front of us. Just out of curiosity, in case I forget to talk about it later, we're expecting Fonzie Balor, right? We're not getting Demon Balor here. We're getting Fonzie Balor, yeah, right? Yeah, in, in this atmosphere, you have to just go with with regular Finn. Where do you go on the pre-show from here? I have one more segment. We got two hours. I know this seems like a lot, but we can fit this all in. We cut out a couple of the uh, promos we've seen all over. I got one more little segment. Uh, I, I plan on a four-horsewoman spot in the back. Okay. Uh, so you have Sasha and Bailey representing Team Raw. You have Becky and Charlotte, the now SmackDown Women's Champion, representing Team SmackDown. You are correct, sir. I, and I, I kind of want this run-in to be, uh, again, you know, in the back now, everything we've seen, you, you need a little tension at the beginning. But then I want true sisterhood to shine through. You know, through any difference and these brand difference. It's all about them reaching their dreams. Maybe they bring up about Becky's attack on that. And she, she 
even you know that was you know that's really not me you know actually sitting here looking at you two seeing you eye to eye bringing back all these memories i i just kind of want i don't want it over i don't want a cheesy over the top bonding moment i want a respect moment you need to know uh, that the four horsewomen above everything are together yes that that is the message i want to send home here uh, i want them to unite together and that could foreshadow so much going forward correct yep because, I mean, ideally, I think everybody anticipates that we're building to horsewomen versus horsewomen at WrestleMania. And kind of at the end of this little exchange, uh, Becky promises a good fight tonight, you know, in her Survivor Series match against uh, Bailey and Banks. And then on the flip side, you know, Bailey and Banks, they wish the best to, to my Shar Shar to, to, to take care of Bliss and to show that they all are together or what drives this women's revolution? Because for the first time in a long time, all four of them are baby faces now. There we go. So it works. Okay, so, so you got any, do you have anything, uh, segment planned or setups for these pre-shows before we get into these pre-show matches? The only segment that I really planned out on the pre-show was for Natalia. I want to see Natalia go walking up to Daniel Bryan and want to know where her dressing room is. And Brian says, dude, you, you already got me popping on this. I love this. Why are you even here? It, it kind of like Brian's kind of sarcastic style. Exactly. Like, why are you even here? And Natalia says, well, I'm the fifth woman for Team SmackDown. Charlotte can't be on Team SmackDown. I'm, I'm the fifth woman for Team SmackDown. And Brian says, no, no, you're not. We've got that taken care of. And that's it just so you have the tease going forward. Oh, I like it. Hey, all right. Can I, you know, we're, we're sitting poolside. We're, we're pitching ideas here. Can can I just throw a little suggestion at you here? Did I, well, well uh, does this, does this redeem me for putting John Cena in the opening men's match? Uh, I don't think so, but I think this is going to get you even more of a little pop out of this. What you got? So he's, he's kind of talking to Natalia here, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm your fifth woman, right? This is me, and all this. Well, and then she says, "Well, well, who's your who's it, who is it? Who's the fifth person?" And Daniel Bryan's like, "Uh, hey, Lana, Lana, over here, Lana, can uh, can you help Natalia with her bags? She's just mistaken. We don't need her tonight." <laughs> you know, kind of going yes. back and playing with Lana, saying, "Well, there's six yes. of us. Yeah, there's six of us. No, no. <laughs> He's not like, you. oh yeah, you're not on the team." Not you. Like either. can we get like a teaser somewhere there, you know, just like a just bring up the past there, just to really. And of course, you've got to get the no chant too. Yes. I'm not the fifth woman. No, no, no. Oh, all right. Just go typical WWE and have him do like a hard pause towards the camera so the crowd can start it. Yep. But just so Dude, that I, you know, it's not going to be that. Natalia. They do have something special in mind for later. Uh, I love that. Let's mix that right in there. I am totally on board for that. Enzo versus Kalisto for the Cruiserweight title. That matches on the pre-show. I have to have that in the first hour of the pre-show. Do you have so it in the I, first hour? Yes, I do. I, I really didn't give too much to this thing, man. I just have Enzo going over. I figured it'd be a half-empty house. Enzo the winner. And as we talked about on our hit or miss, this thing wasn't doing too much for me. And I'll be honest with you, I... I I'm sorry, I guess this is like terrible to say if you're sitting here booking something, but I let Enzo and his crew go through their act, and 
kind of get their stuff over, but I just don't see much for Kalisto here. I don't see much out of Kalisto either. I, in fact, have Enzo making quick work of Kalisto. Enzo then takes up the mic, starts running his mouth, announces that he's all sorts of fired up and that he's not going to just let, you know, a squash match be the end of this smack talker Skywalker for Survivor Series. He's feeling generous tonight. And so if any of you lightweights in the back want a piece of him and a shot at the cruiserweight title, I'll be back out here in an hour and you got your chance later in the show. Oh, all right. You got me kind of hooked here. I think I think Enzo should start referring to all the cruiserweights as lightweights. Totally fits his oh, character. Dude, I would love that. Totally fits his character. You know, maybe a, a lot of people aren't really picking up what you're throwing down here. Dude, that's like the Enzo's a party guy. He hangs in the clubs. He always talks about who he's out with, you know, who he's doing some shots with, partying with. The lightweights can't hang, right? Exactly. Don't Perfect, call them cruiserweights. Man. Call them lightweights. Oh, I think that would be fabulous. That would be awesome, man. So what do you got going down in the second hour of the pre-show? I, I have a bonus match there where they have added a, uh, an extra five verse five. They kind of get that theme going, get the, get the audience hyped up. But I'm going to start that with uh, Elias out to entertain everyone. Ooh, I like doing it already. I'm ready He's to out walk there with doing Elias. I, I knew you would be. You Michael Cole wanting to be son of a bitch. I knew you'd be out there hyping him up. <laughs> I've been all over the Elias thing way before Mitchell Cole. But he's out there hyping him up. And then I think what everybody out there wants to see, I I know the vast majority of our listeners, the people I'm talking to want to see this interaction. Here comes Mr. English. Yes, I love this already. Aiden English versus Elias in a sing-off. Give it to me. There, we, we come out, you know, give them some time here. We got a huge pre-show. Just let these two guys set this up. What do you, what do you think? Maybe like 10 minutes? Let them go back and I forth. was going to say, you got to give these guys at least 10 minutes. At least. If you got a two-hour freaking pre-show, that's a lot of video packages, man. This, this is the voice-off that everyone wants. I mean, not only do you have two hours worth of video packages, Roman hasn't been around for most of this. So they don't even know what to make video packages of. There we go. So I'm going to have these guys come out and entertain for a while, and I think everyone out there is going to, is going to pop for these two going at it one-on-one, just a, a little voice-off. But this is going to lead into my bonus match. Uh, my team Raw will be Elias, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, old school, no paint, Dustin Rhodes, they're going to take on the team representing SmackDown Live. Of course, uh, English is going to introduce that team captain is going to be Rusev. He's going to be uh, partnered up with Breeze, Fandango, Sin Cara. And yes, I am going to give him one last final moment. A moment to say goodbye. His curtain call, if you will, James Ellsworth. Oh, God. Please tell me that Ellsworth goes fast. Uh, he goes He goes extremely fast. It, it is his curtain call. He, he'll probably be the last one, elim- the first one eliminated here. I'm sorry. My finals come down here. Uh, my survivors are going to be from Team SmackDown. They're going to win this. It's going to be uh, Breeze and Fandango, but they're going to have a great moment there at the end, most of them winning, and they're going to go over the other final two of the Miz Taraj. Tyler Breeze 
as a survivor. If there was ever a survivor, it's Tyler Breeze and Johnny I, Curtis and Johnny Curtis. I'm just thinking here how great it would be. You get down to your final four guys, and it's the fashion going the Miserage. Yes. Oh my God! Somebody please give Bo Dallas a ticket. I, I think this would be a great, a great. Oh, that would be fantastic. A great little, you know, pre-match. Get everyone hyped up. Get people a little excited. And, you know, let, let them work a little bit together. Just let the let fashion them, police work. Let them work. And then and then get that big pop when the fashion police go over in the crowd, that huge pop, little dancing afterwards. And then, for me, you kick it into the uh, the main show. Okay. Now, my question for you regarding this match is when you look at your scorecard at the end of the night. I don't count it. You don't count it. No. I purposely avoided doing another five-on-five match because of that, because it was going to throw everything off. So that's why I have Enzo coming out, running his mouth, and issuing an open challenge to any of the lightweights in the back, and out walks Hideo Itami. Ooh. Hideo Itami hits Enzo with the go to sleep in about eight seconds to capture the cruiserweight title. And the fuck up button is complete. Hideo Itami, cruiserweight champion. I can see that. You know, you got a a little bit of smarter crowd there in Houston. They would probably jump all over that. I just, I don't see a whole lot of money in Enzo holding the title right now. Do you agree or disagree with that? I think I'm gonna have to disagree with you on a little bit. I, I still think there's some there's still some uh, shelf life. You still life. think there's more money in the chase of Enzo? I feel like 205 Live needs more. What's the word I'm looking for? Credibility. Substance. It needs more credibility than what Enzo has inside the ring. If you want to build the division, Enzo puts eyes on it. Now the the rest of them need to step up and hold that audience and grow it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think you really need to work on building your undercard and other personalities to get to him instead of just putting the title on someone that is a great worker like that because there's still money to be had in Enzo running that show. The problem is there's just not much substance under that. Yeah, agreed. I think a lot of that gets rectified over the course of the next year, though, with NXT call-ups because there's a lot of really good talent in NXT that's very much under 205. It's just... The problem is with that show right now, I just don't think there's that much attention. There's tremendous talent. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking that in any way. It's just that they just don't really seem to. The characters are just. Yeah, and it's just like there isn't really an emphasis or concern towards towards really building anything around. They're just trying with that, that one trick pony. The characters are bland and not in a good way like Drew Gulak. Anything else that you got on the pre-show? Uh, no, I think I'm done wasting a half hour of our show on the freaking pre-show let's jump into the main card then we both agree that we have the women's five-way leading off the show we talk all the time about the opening show pop who that first person through the curtain is going to be to really get that crowd to pop who do you have it being uh the first person i have through the curtain if you'll remember i go back and say mr mcmahon opens this show oh that's right that's right see I got all lost in the two-hour pre-show. Yeah. See? Uh, my first person out is Mr. McMahon, and I don't honestly know if, with all the hype and you know how much people 
you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. If you can get a bigger pop to to open your show here, uh, there is no bigger pop than Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, I, I have Vince kind of coming out. He's gonna kind of hammer home, you know, just really tell you know the importance. Once again, we are here, and they are going to keep driving home this this brands, you know, brand warfare and all that. Uh, so he so he is here, and he's once again seen his children show the worst of themselves. Uh, they they are at his at their throats again, he, and he enjoys it because it reminds him of you know kind of the that essence of everything that is WrestleMania season, and it, and it, what they've got going on here, as you were saying earlier, for him this is the beginning of all of that. So what he is going to do to up the ante tonight? We have on this main card we have seven matches that are. Uh, that are pitting SmackDown Live versus Raw. Whichever brand comes out on top, whoever uh, out of the seven can score the most victories, win the tally. Well, well, that sibling, Shane or Stephanie, they are actually going to grab control of both brands through WrestleMania. Interesting. Well, and now all the matches have a different twist to them, don't they? Yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure that that's the direction I would go go i feel like you would somehow want to make it more so about the talent competing in the ring than you would shane or stephanie because stephanie can't do anything to change any of the outcomes shane's in one of the matches i feel you there i feel you there I just uh, I'm going to stick with my decision here. I think it's going to up the uh, really up the ante for the show and, and really get people on the edge of their seat. You know what's going to play out here. I mean, ideally, what I would have liked to have seen them do is something very similar to what you're talking about. Basically, throwing out some sort of an incentive for the talent: number one, to want to be on the team, and number two, to want to win. My vote was to have that be their spot in the Royal Rumble. The winning team is guaranteed a spot number 20 through 30. And if you are the survivor, the lone survivor, then you are guaranteed number 30. Have okay. some sort of an I, incentive I for the talent. We'll, we'll kind of go back to what you kind of said, you know, because I said control goes to Stephanie and Shane, and, and you kind of brought up that, well, Shane's in the match. Well, there's also... Hunter's in the match. Hunter's so, in the match So, yeah, I guess there well. is that. Yeah, you're right, there is that. Okay, so we both agree. I've got mine there. I'm going to stick with mine. The winner is going to get control of both shows. Just just as the uh, commissioner, not the general manager, so they still have their you know their the other authority figures on each show. But here we go tonight, man. We we've, we've got something going here, and but you do agree that there should be some some kind of a there should be some incentive for both the talent and the shows to actually win this damn thing. So that you care about who wins and who loses. Because there's a lot of the results on this mat, on this card that you just don't care who wins or loses. That was part of the problem in writing out the creative for this show. All right, I am done with all my side stuff. Now I will let you jump into the matches. So we go to the women's five-on-five. Five. Sasha, Bailey, Nia, Asuka, and Fox versus Tamina, Naomi, Becky, Carmella, and who do you have as the fifth woman? Nikki Bella. 
I as well have Nikki Bella. I have her announced last and just wait for that massive pop because that place will explode for her. Yep. Huge pop for Nikki Bella. Quite sure of that. I assume this is a one-off for Nikki or do you, is this an actual return for Nikki in your mind? I would have this more as a teaser. Uh, this is a one-off for this moment. But see her she, again, like rumble time. Yeah, that that's what I hold off to. You know, wait for the wait for that bigger spot. Uh, if John's coming back for a full WrestleMania run, and you got some indication here that he might return for the SmackDown SmackDown brand, where uh, where Nikki is also a resident on their roster, then maybe she does hit back the road with him. Now I don't know how much detail you went into as you were writing yours up i actually wrote up who i think eliminates who throughout this match did you have any major creative involved inside of the match uh only a couple notes i had here because i know you're going to ask and you kind of brought it up before it's always big who is the first out for your talent uh, i know you like the first out for the show but you know just taking vince out you know because the show really kind of starts here uh, I come first out with Bailey, and that entrance, I want to take it over the top. I want, like, 40-foot wacky waving guys. Now, I want a huge Bailey entrance. I would roll out Sasha in the ex- Escalade in the Jersey Mike segment presented by Kleenex. Sasha kicks off the show. So it is a Escalade with a Kleenex license plate. No, we, we, we'd put the giant tacky stickers on the side oh, okay. of the doors. Uh, how about if the entire team Raw comes out in the Escalade? Like, they all just crawl out together, you know, because it's all sisterly love. They all love each other now. You throw Bailey in the back of the Escalade? Make her, like, come out the little hatch? Oh, man. No, 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 no. you you got to put, you know, Naya comes out the hatch. You know, Bailey comes out of the sunroof with the wacky guys coming out the sunroof with her. Like a clown car. Yeah. Hey, that's your next episode of Ride Along, isn't it? Fantastic. I'd pay 999 yen for that. Uh, the only thing, I, I didn't go into depth here, so I'm going to let you jump into it here in a minute. I didn't go into who gets eliminated, where you get eliminated. I do have my survivors. I'll show those in a moment. Uh, but I guess the big question here was, like, how do you... Asuka's the big question, isn't it? I think so. I think so. This is really a uh, proving ground for WWE right here. You're going to know how they feel about Asuka coming out of this match. I feel like this is very much a big test for the creative team. What do you do with Asuka? See, I, I was thinking, you know, somehow I would get Lana involved with the temper tantrum or, and then Snooka's daughter gets involved in some way to either get a count out or disqualification. There are ways to get rid of her, and I, and I know you are completely against this. Uh, so I, I'm just going to kind of sit back and listen to how – you would actually play this thing, this match out, and then I'll share with you my survivors. Uh, first thing that I would do is I would have the entirety of Team SmackDown jump Nia Jax before the match even starts. So you get basically like a five-on-one beatdown. Okay. I don't know how you do it, but you got that way. Basically take Nia out of the match before it even starts. So immediately you're down to four-on-five. I have Alicia Fox defeating Tamina. Then I have Naomi pinning Alicia Fox. Carmella taps out to Sasha. All right. Becky taps out Bailey. 
Nikki pins Sasha. That's an important one. Asuka then taps out Becky. Asuka then taps out Nikki, making Asuka look incredibly strong, defeating the best talent on Team SmackDown, as well as the legend of Team SmackDown. Yeah, I, I really don't have any arguments there, brother. That's actually a good layout. Uh, Oscar, I was your lone go, survivor. I, I was going to go for a, you know, a big pop with having Nikki survive, and then I was just going to toss in Naomi with her. But then how do you get rid of Asuka? Well, I was just going to, and somehow in a match, I was just going to have a count out or a uh, disqualification with her. See, I saved that for later on. I, I will go with you. I, I, have to, I have to agree with you. I, I like your match much more than mine. I have to agree with you. The only thing here is the way that I have my car laid out. I need SmackDown to go over. Hmm. Uh, so, that, so that is my argument. But it's hard to argue your logic there. Uh, I would probably, if I wanted things to be evened out later, I could probably change something else. Let's go to The Miz versus Baron Corbin. You have the second on the card. I have it much later in the show. Um, I took Baron Corbin in this match. I also have Corbin going over. I really wanted to make the case here for Miz. Um, unfortunately, I got to go with Corbin in this one, more so because of the scorecard rather than the talents themselves. I feel like SmackDown has to win the match just in the flow of the night. Um, so I think what I would end up doing is I would have Axel and Bo attempt to interfere in the match and have it backfire on Miz, costing him the match. So then you have a little bit of tension between Miz as well as Bo and Curtis going forward into tomorrow night. Corbin can brag about how he beat the Miz. Hmm. Uh, I, the only thing I disagree with there, I, I don't want any tension bet between that faction. So you would just have Corbin just straight up beat Miz clean? Uh, yeah, I would. Miz could backfire in some other way or just. Yeah, I, I feel really, like something has to go wrong for Miz here. Like something costs Miz the match. Well, Corbin could come up with some kind of underhanded tactic, you know, I, some kind of distraction. You know, they were talking uh, about, you know, his family. There could be some distraction there. Miz, some, some reason, just kind of takes his, his eye off the ball. Most importantly, what I what I really feel here, and yes, like you were saying, this this match is about scorecard. But I looked at it; this has to go to SmackDown Live to keep things interesting during the show. But I really feel that Corbin needs this match so much more than the Miz because so many you know people really doubt his legitimacy as a champion. You know, he had that nice win against Sankara last week, but man, he's so up and down. Where Miz is so good at what he does, Miz can absorb this loss. Yeah. And I think Miz can do a lot to help Corbin inside of this match because I expect that to be a very pro Miz crowd. As, as well, man, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Miz is and so think, good. I think he's going to make Corbin look like a million bucks. Well, here's that's going to be tricky. You know, people are going to want to cheer the Miz. He's so good. I wouldn't doubt if by the end of this thing, he has people cheering freaking Corbin. Wow, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? I, I wouldn't put it past him because he is so good. Even when that crowd starts taking to him, he knows how to make sure the heat gets back on him. The Bar versus the Usos. Uh, you have this as the third match. I have this as the third match. 
I think this is one of the more kind of cut and dry matches on the card where it's basically you come up with the finish, you know what the finish is going to be. And then these four guys are so good that you just go to them and you say, okay, this is the finish. This is how long you got. Knock it out of the park. You know, this is another thing here with this show. It's kind of being the one-off and a novelty. And what really handcuffed them with the hashtag under siege is we didn't, there wasn't the opportunity for those great face-to-face interactions to any kind of build real stories here. So a lot on this undercard yeah, we've got great talent squaring off, and you're interested in the in-ring action. You know, but from a creative standpoint, there's not much there. So, Jarko, you're, you hit the mark right on it, man. You go to the agent. Here's the finish we need. Go out and wow us, because you've got four amazing talents in this match. In the end, I've got the Usos delivering a double super kick to Cesaro's broke-ass mouth for the victory. Love the finish, and I've got the, I've got the same winners coming out of this thing. I think at this point, I, I love the bar. They have really elevated themselves to to what anyone else expected, to what anyone expected. And you know that they're they've they've come together so well. They have messed so much. It doesn't feel like they're just single guys that were thrown together. They give you. They are a real team. They give you that vibe. But let's face it, you know, in the last decade, the only true team or that staple in WWE has been the Usos. And I think they, you know, they have really earned to go over here. And I think they're the right team to to take this win. And I think that you have the added bonus of, we all know about this injury to Cesaro. We all know that the Usos throw super kicks almost as frequently as the Young Bucks. It's a believable finish, just kind of out of nowhere. I, I would agree with you. I like the finish. All right, let's move on to your precious Shar Shar versus Alexa Bliss. We both actually have this as the fourth match on the card. I assume that you're going to make the case for Charlotte to go over here, right? Uh, I am, sir. Do you have anything big planned for the match? I do not. I I don't really see how you argue against this. She just took the title. Well, I can give you my she argument they, for Bliss to win this match. I do have they, a very good argument for it. Yeah, we'll question that here in a minute. She <laughs> is a hot commodity. <laughs> you, got the, you got the PR machine pumping away here. Everything's going right for Charlotte. She just won that title. And, and I'm sorry, I'm coming into this match. I am going to, this is one of my spots on this show where I'm going to overbook something here. Uh, the reason I threw the women's five-on-five five out first, because I want Carmella, and I, probably in that match, I might have Carmella go out real early. Maybe not first, but she's the second or third one out of that match. We but got I really a cash see, in going on here. Well, here's what I here's what I, I want to see something special. I want to rejuvenate. I want to bring interest to a well-deserving women's division. So I'm going to have Carmella in the middle of this match. She's going to pull almost a uh, Seth Rollins, as we've seen at WrestleMania, where she is going to cash in during the match. Okay, so so we're ending up in a triple threat situation. We have a triple threat now. Okay. This is going to create a loophole. Now, everyone out there listening, everyone's kind of thinking, well, you know, the contract just says she's on SmackDown. It says a SmackDown Women's Championship. Well, she's gone out and hired the finest legal team. She's studied this. She has known this from day one. She, She was the one that masterminded not just one 
Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank win, but two Money in the Bank wins. She did it twice, so she knows what she's doing here. You know, she's just not the little satin down princess, you know, the uppity, uppity, you know, just stupid blonde that everyone likes to think that she is. She put, she did some homework here. She knows what's going on. I would really like it to come out that it's just, you know, a women's championship match. Well, no. Here, here's the loophole in there. When she puts herself into this match, it activates that both titles are on the line. Are they she both on the line just for her? Well, we don't know that. We don't even know really what's going on. Everyone's kind of confused. Sounds legit. They haven't seen anything like this before. You know, this it's similar to what Seth Rollins has done, but it's completely different because now we've got two champions in there. She goes on to pin Alexa Bliss, and she leaves the Raw Women's Champion. I like it. I like it. So now, does- going forward, now, going forward, what this does for the story, this is going to bring the entire women's division together. And one thing that you know a lot of us have argued is when they separated them, it was such a terrible move because you really didn't have that much depth. And then you just split that in half, and you're trying to create these interesting storylines on each show. They're not really putting the effort into them. Well, now you've got everyone back together fighting for something. Uh, you've got this grand, this grand storyline going. We're now SmackDown, and what a, gr- what a great trophy to hang up. That you know what? We just stole your title. SmackDown has captured Raw's women's championship. Then you could have other, you know, loopholes in there where they can cross over. Who can, who can bring the title back to Raw? What is going on here? We we have got, we've got angles coming out of every direction. Now, all of you fans out there, all of you listeners that have been pushing for a women's Royal Rumble match, well, we're just laying your groundwork here for it because you've got tight you you've got one brand with both your titles. You got two champions and one. They're kind. They're kind of feuding with each other. Everything is up in the air. We are starting to lay your groundwork for a reason to have a women's Royal Rumble match. I like it. I like it. I took the complete opposite approach, um, and made this more so a cool down match because, and and it was the argument that we had the other day. Did this card really need Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss? Uh, for me, I would have Charlotte basically just dominate this match. Bliss plays the part of the undeserving chicken shit champion so well that she just runs through Charlotte throughout the whole match, getting a little bit of offense here and there. In the end, Charlotte goes for a moonsault and misses, tweaks a knee as she stumbles backwards. Bliss hits the DDT in the middle of the ring for a clean win. Nothing flashy. You want to know the logic Uh now? Okay, let's hear the logic, because you're doing, you've, to me, you've done nothing for anyone. There's absolutely no way Alexa Bliss should beat Charlotte, right? There's also no way Alexa Bliss should beat Asuka. But for Bliss versus Asuka to be believable, a fluke win over Charlotte gives Bliss credibility. So it makes you think that maybe she can outthink Asuka, that she just sees an opportunity and takes it. It's the only way to make Asuka versus Bliss believable going forward. Okay, so you're, you're putting you're putting all your eggs in that basket. So you're doing nothing for my Sharshar here. No, I am doing something for your Sharshar here. Because let's remember what the real story is going into this match. 
The real story here is Alexa Bliss has done everything first before Charlotte. This is going to be a money match down the road, right? We both agree on that. Uh, yeah, I would I will agree with you there. Then Bliss needs ammo, and getting a clean win over Charlotte in their first meeting, where it means absolutely nothing, is that ammo. I, I just have to disagree here. I, I see your logic. I see where you're coming from. I still think in mine, I, I, pro- I protect both of them. I create more interest going forward for the entire division. I set it up for a reason to give everyone what they want in their women's rumble. I, I think I'm covering a lot more bases. So we're left with the big three. Shield versus New Day. Lesnar versus Styles. And the men's five on five. Which one do you want to do first? You name it, man. Well, I guess let's go ahead and get Shield versus New Day out of the way. I guess of the three, that's probably the third. Would you agree in that? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I would have that going. Uh, that was actually my third to last. So in, in my level of importance on this show, that, that's where it falls. I wanted to do something a little bit different with this match because I really wanted to take New Day here. But short of Sanity debuting on the main roster and taking out the Shield or Roman turning heel on Seth and Dean, I can't think of any logical scenario on how in the hell that would happen. So, rather than actually booking the match, I would like to make the pitch that we actually make an action movie instead. We go straight up House of Horror style with it. It's entirely pre-taped. And we put it up on the network, and we call the name of the movie Unicorn Assassins. What do you think of that? Hmm. What, what would something like that? What would be the pitch for that? Well, luckily for you, I made a trailer. Oh, let me get my popcorn. thought it was just going to be another match. Little did they know. These unicorns were about to shit in the ring. Big dogs. Yeah, they thought it was all going to be fun and games while Roman was away. But now he's back. And Ambrose and Rollins are on a mission for revenge. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. The SWAT team is on the hunt for the Unicorn Assassins. The Hounds of Justice prepare for a battle to rid the world of the hated New Day. Starring Xavier Woods, B.B. Langston, Kofi Kingston, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. This Sunday on WWE Network. Rated PG for unicorn farts and wild violence. So there you have it. Unicorn Assassins, the movie. Whoa. Chills, brother. Chills. <laughs> this is what happens when I'm bored at 3 o'clock in the this, morning. I, I'm digging it, man. <laughs> 
I tell you, every anything I've got going on here at his poolside, you just blew me, no pun intended, out of the water. Well, I had to make up for putting John Cena in the opening match. You know what? <laughs> you you might not be going over there with Ellsworth after all, man. You might they might just send you to the trailer with Bucky. I'm going to two oh five live, baby. Woo! <laughs> you and Enzo. <laughs> Hanging out with the lightweights. <laughs> with the lightweights. Dude, I love that man. That that was that was beyond fantastic, man. That was that was tremendous. I do what I can. I do what I can. We spare no production value here at hitting the marks. I love it. Um, where did my five on five notes go? I had notes for the five on five, didn't I? Oh, there it is. I don't know. That's yeah. right. There, it, was, it was it was so early in the show. I had to scroll all the way up to the top. That's why yeah. I couldn't find it. Top hit the top of the page. Uh, which would you rather talk about first, the 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 five on five, or Lesnar versus Styles? Well, I know the 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 main event to you is uh, Lesnar versus Styles, so we'll save that one. Well, I think that's the more interesting of the two matches as well, isn't it? I mean, okay. as as far as for our listeners, don't you think that's the more interesting of the two? Uh, well, anyone who's been watching, I think the more interesting is the one that they've actually put build to the story. Yeah, but have that they actually really? has any substance? Yeah, it's well, it, the whole thing's been around that. You know, it's it's about okay for okay. the little for the little bit of story they have put into this. Okay, it, well, let me ask. Let me let, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase the question here. Okay, go ahead. What's Bobby Roode's involvement in the story? What's what's Shinsuke Nakamura's involvement in this story? John Cena's, Randy Orton. I said for the most part, it's about what. But it's not for the most part. It's not at all. It is a bigger story than any other match on this card. They put it behind it. This is about, and I and I and I get I get what you're kind of going at here. I know why you're saying it, and this is your reason that you throw it so early on the card because you think it's been insulting to everyone here. I understand all that, but the facts are. They have tried to put an emphasis on this is Kurt Angle's spot here. This is Shane trying to destroy Raw. It, it, I understand. It is the same old story, and believe me, I'm just as sick of it as you are, but it is still there. It's still about a McMahon power struggle. But would the creative have been the it wouldn't the creative have been exactly the same if we were just building to a Shane McMahon versus Kurt Angle match? Like Hunter, Joe, Braun, Finn, Rude, Nakamura, Cena, and Orton aren't part of this story at all. Well, that's going back to the Thursday show when I said, you know, I gave the show a pass, but I felt like it was booked for a special ed class because there's a lot of flash and a lot of bangs and booms and sounds and bright colors. Yes, they're bringing all this star power. But when it gets down to the very basics... It's a very simple story that goes back to the same thing that we almost see every time this year. It's a McMahon power struggle. You know, what's funny is I hadn't even really thought about it, but really this is about angle and Shane, this entire match. Right. And when I, I, I think it, when I, well, I booked I think this match, it goes even deeper and now it's Stephanie and Shane again. And then it's can angle please his overlord bitch boss. When I booked this match, they're the first two people I have eliminated. And, and and I didn't even do it, like, consciously. Like, I was just looking at the match. Like, how would I format it? 
And the first two people I have eliminated are Angle and Shane. You have your elimination, so let's work through it from your side. Uh, let's let's start through yours, and then I'll kind of just give some uh, commentary on where I would take this thing. Um, I have Angle tap out Shane, and then I have Angle not release the ankle lock because he's trying to break Shane's ankle and getting himself disqualified at the same time. So the both of them are taken out of the match. I, I could see something along those lines, but I need to see here where the rest of this goes then. I have Kane returning out of the middle of nowhere, picking a fight with Braun Strowman. As they fight through the crowd, Strowman is counted out. So you have Kane and Strowman going forward. Okay. I have Samoa Joe defeating John Cena. And I have Samoa Joe defeating Randy Orton, taking out the Legends. I have Bobby Roode defeating Hunter. I have Finn Balor taking out Shinsuke Nakamura. I have Bobby Roode defeating Joe. And then I have Bobby Roode defeating Finn Balor. And Bobby Roode is your lone survivor and now a star. Okay. <laughs> that was a long pause for okay. No, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm going back to why you have this match number two, man. I'm just, you know, uh, I'm not opposed to rude ending that there. You want to create a star, and you've got all the importance on this five-on-five. Five. I'm just thinking of how amazing it would be to close a show with him standing there as the sole survivor and glorious. Blasting glorious. Yeah, I... You talk, me, about making a, you talk about a star moment. To me, that's what Survivor Series it, and the Royal Rumble... The doesn't do that. To me, that's what Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble really should be, is turning somebody into a main event star. Like, how they didn't turn Ziggler into a main event star when he was the lone survivor a couple of years ago is just beyond me. He had all the momentum in the world behind him at that time. I've got a few differences. Um, I I do want to elevate people in how I would do this thing. I don't have my exact eliminations, but I got some key moments. Uh, things that you would have to look out for. I, I'm, I'm fine with what you said. You know, get rid of Shane and Kurt early. I don't have those two really getting to my finals there. Well, what do you uh, think of the idea of Angle getting disqualified because he will not release the hold on Shane? So Shane taps like out, that. Angle gets DQ'd. They're both out at the same time. I, I do like that because it really hammers home the point where Stephanie just talked him down like a dog that she just doesn't want his ankle broken. Like she wants it like served to her on a platter. Yeah. And he's not going to let go until he can bring that back with and he's, him. And I, he's obliging. And, and I, I really, I, I love how that kind of sets in. You know, that really set that tone and, you know, hammers home her message from what she said. You know, I just don't want his ankle broke. I want you to give it to me. I want you to serve me his head on a platter. How do you take out Strowman? My idea was in a match, I was going to have Triple H bring the sledgehammer into play. Uh, really just come old dickhead triple h uh i was going to use that at one point that maybe shane takes a sledgehammer uh that's here or there but around that time i was going to have the sledgehammer left at ringside uh maybe it kind of gets kicked half half ass under under the apron but the one guy on team smackdown who has that villainous attitude about him enough to do it randy orton gets a hold of that thing and just bust the shit out of Braun Strowman with it. 
I am terrified that they are going to have Randy Orton put down Braun Strowman with an RKO out of nowhere. That should not happen. I I agree that should not happen, but I'm terrified they're going to do that. I I would kind of just like to have Orton take the sledgehammer to Strowman, and I wouldn't mind revisiting that heat during the Rumble match. I could see that. I could see that. I still like uh, then, my idea of the of Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman facing off in the Rumble, though. Well, then we've got two different stories there for him. You know, he, that lets him go through a couple. You bring Corbin out early and then have Orton come out later. Because I was... Braun a huge run. Braun Strowman really presents a problem in this match. Is there anybody on Team SmackDown, like, I could see Orton hitting the RKO out of nowhere to put down Strowman. I could see Cena hitting the AA on Strowman and putting him down. I could see them trying to put Nakamura over Strong and having him take out Strowman, but I don't think that's going to happen. I just had a thought. Rude doesn't stand a chance against Strowman. Shane doesn't stand a chance against Strowman. What if this match is the trigger to start Cena versus Strowman at WrestleMania? I don't know, man. The free agent. I'm not saying, I don't know if I like it or hate it. It's just a thought. You know, maybe the listeners out there can give us a comment on it. You got the ultimate free agent. Man, they could do something here between those two. Hit us on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Let us know, would you be interested in seeing John Cena versus Braun Strowman at WrestleMania? If there is one superpower on Team SmackDown that they're going to have stand up to Braun, it could be Cena. I really like the idea of Samoa Joe putting down both Cena and Orton. I actually have my two survivors in this thing. I'm going with Team Raw. I would have Joe and Finn as my survivors. Ooh, that builds some tension. It would have That's really about, built some tension if they would have actually told the goddamn story of the Dusty Classic. I, know. I, I go back to that, and I think maybe you can correct that going forward to save that for a great, these guys just did this. I, I just, man, I think there's money with these two. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's definitely money in those two on the main roster. It's just how do you get to it and explain all that history. And just like skipping on shows, explaining that history doesn't help. Right. So you've got Team Raw with Joe and Finn going over. I have Bobby Roode as the lone survivor. So let's talk at what in my mind is the main event, AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar. For me... Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon isn't nearly as appealing of a story as the Raw champion versus the SmackDown champion. It's just that the ball has been dropped so hard and they pushed the fuck up button so late that you didn't get the creative going into this that you needed. Do you agree in that? Yeah, 100%. You know, everything was, it's kind of a, man, it's every, with all the rumors out there and everything that you hear, It's just crazy why this thing got all mixed up. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, Did you get a chance to go back and watch Lesnar versus Punk? I did. I I promised you I was going to. I went down and refilled my water, got a little bite to eat, and I jumped all over that, brother. What would you think? 
Do you see you this know, match I, going down I, similarly? I hope it can. You know, I, I hope that Brock still has that in him. You know, that was quite a little bit ago. It, it actually, you know, everyone kind of doubts him. And I actually am just going to take back what I just said. And I know he'll never hear my voice. Uh, but I want to apologize, Brock Lesnar there. I'm sure he still has it in him. He just works smarter, not harder. He knows when he needs to really give that extra effort, when he's got to go that extra mile. And I think in a spot like this, that he's going to. And, you know, it might quite possibly be that Mr. Heyman gets in his head and says, you know what, we've got a special talent you're working with here, man. Listen to me. Let him do your stuff. He's going to give you one of the greatest matches you've ever had in your career. Just go out there and work with him. Uh, who do you think wins this match? You've got Lesnar yeah, going it, over, I assume. As we as we talked the other day, in a way, I would book this thing. And you kind of got me a bonus. You know, I was thinking maybe let this thing go 12 minutes, no more than 15. I, I didn't know what, you know, what how it would really work out there. If they can push the 20, 20 plus mark, do it. I don't care how long they go. I am perfectly okay with Brock Lesnar going over. I'm perfectly okay with AJ Styles taking a clean pin because you're not just, it doesn't mean you're the inferior champion. It's not like you're just losing to any run of the mill universal champion. You are losing, you are losing to Brock Lesnar and there is no shame in that game. But with that, it's about how you present yourself and how you carry the match. Let AJ do what he does. Let him be phenomenal. Let him carry the beast to his best WWE match, not since his return, his best WWE match ever. Let AJ earn that respect. He has already shown the company since he's been here. He's willing to do anything. He can put things on his back. He can carry anyone. The guy can go out there and wrestle a chinless wonder and give you a four-and-a-half-star match. Let him shine here at Survivor Series, one of your big four. Even in defeat, he will make this a victory. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm I'm going to make the case for AJ to win this match, but I completely expect that Lesnar's going to win this match in like 20, 25 minutes after a very well-fought battle, um, thus Styles winning in defeat. Uh, but making it close enough that Heyman can say that Lesnar was taken to the limit, Styles almost had him. And then I expect Finn Balor to come out and say, yeah, Styles almost had you, and I beat AJ Styles. And then you end up with Balor and Lesnar at the Rumble. That's what I expect. Heyman keeps putting Balor over in promos, and he's got to be doing that for a reason. And it would explain why Balor went over Styles a month ago. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I just kind of think where to go here. Uh, all right, if I if I'm playing into your booking because I have this closing, uh, I had this going on second to last. But if we're if we're going with yours where this actually does close, I would let. Oh, I wouldn't. I, would let, I wouldn't expect that Lesnar and Balor exchanged to, until Monday on Raw. Okay, that's what I was just going to throw at you, man. I mean, how cool in your scenario and for the fans out there, because you know. You know this. I am not a Ben. Or a ben. Oh, I love Ben. Don't get me wrong. Hopefully, God, he I am not a Finn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a $5 face slap, Infidel. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Ben, man. I, I owe him <laughs> so much for everything that's going on in my life right now. The positive the reason we're sitting here talking, everything that's going on. Uh, you know, I'm not a Finn. 
Balor fan uh, by any means. <laughs> but I'm not naive enough to, you know, to neglect the, the popularity and how much the masses upon masses love him. So I would save that for Raw, uh, like an open of Raw. I, I think that would be huge. As far as Styles goes, as for why I think AJ Styles should beat Brock Lesnar, I think now is the time that you make money with AJ Styles. I would make AJ the face of the company and just bite the bullet and turn Roman heel on Monday. Uh, I'd tie the rocket to AJ's back, run with him as your workhorse baby face. We all hear all the pops. He's the company man. He's flying 18 hours to come up here and put over Finn Balor. He's winning the title in the UK, turning around, being on Raw the next night. Now is the time for the WWE to become the house that AJ Styles built. You've only got AJ for like another three to five years. That's plenty of time for Roman to turn heel. He can get it out of his system. The fans can get it out of their system. And when AJ's ready to turn it over, you can make Roman your baby face and go forward with Roman Reigns. But now is the time to go back and tell all that story that you've missed with Roman. AJ buys you that time. Just do it. And I think Vince knows it. Otherwise, I don't think AJ would be in this position. What do you think of my idea of just going with Styles? Turn Reigns heel. We all know it. You, you can still do Reigns and Lesnar at Mania. We all know that Lesnar's going to be the one cheered and Roman is going to be booed. I, I think it... Why don't you just embrace it and go with it? Man, it's a tough call to me. I, I still just ride with Lesnar. You've, you've already put so much in. Why, why even show any cracks in the wall this close to the end of his contract? You, yeah, you build it Brock's up for contract's this. up right after Mania, isn't it? Yeah, you, you put so much into this. I mean, why show any kind of weakness on that home stretch, essentially? As we both agree, and it would be, yes, it would be, no pun intended, phenomenal for AJ to get like a win like this. But we both agree, though, there is no shame in losing to Lesnar, especially if you can go, you know, carry to him to one of his best matches ever. Oh, agreed. Agreed. And I do expect this to be a very good match. And like I said, I do expect Lesnar to win. But I think you, I, can I make this, of... you can make the case that Styles should win this match. Man, I think it's just so slim of a case. I just don't know how you can turn your back on Lesnar right now. You're so close to everything you built there. You know, for better or worse, and it's probably going to be a huge backfire on him. Uh, unless they really embrace it this WrestleMania, this is the slow evolution and this different kind of turn for Roman Reigns where he comes out the next night and says, you know what? I've been on this road for all these years. I finally, I finally done what no one else could do. And you people are so you people still shit on me. Well, guess what? Shit on you. You could always just turn Roman heel. That's what I'm saying. That'd be your night after WrestleMania. Finally do it. But oh no, I mean mean tomorrow you could just turn him heel. You know, it's like in the middle in the middle of Unicorn Assassins, he just turns around with his AK-47 and he lights up to Ambrose and Rollins. Take him out. That's a hell of a heel. I I don't think that's the right time either. When, Lord, when? When's it going to be my time? I, I, think, I, think, I think at this time they have passed up so many opportunities that just doing it 
on a whim like that, I think it has to be a major moment. And actually, my as I sit here and think about it, the next major moment for me is the night after WrestleMania. It's the biggest Raw of the year. It's where your your greatest some of your greatest memories of the year are created. And you come out and kind of have that speech I was just kind of getting at there. You know, I've done all this. I have built all this up. I finally, I have conquered the beast. And I look out here and I look at the WWE Universe, the, especially in that environment, who you guys are supposed to be the smartest fans. You're supposed to know talent. You're supposed to know greatness. And you shit on me. Well, guess what? You know, I'm kind of tired of it. So I'm just going to come out and say, you know, I shit on you. And that is where... Because in most arenas, you still will have a little bit of that loyalty to them. You'll have some of those people that really love, still love Roman Reigns. And I'm sorry, you know, there's fans our age and within 10, 15 years of us that still love him. But there is a great demographic out there that really is into him. So I want an arena where I know that damn near every person, every seat is going to want to climb over that rail throw a punch at him, spit on him, throw a tray, and that's the crowd for me, and that's the moment. So how do you got this thing shaken out at the end of the night? What do you got the final score as? Monday Night Raw versus SmackDown Live. I got Raw 4-3. I've got Raw 4-3 as well. Anything else that you wanted to comment on as far as Survivor Series goes? You know, like you said, man, this was a tough one to kind of sit down and lay out. Because we didn't have a whole lot of build coming in. It's it's more of, I'm going to finally be able to stop saying this after tomorrow and not, or Monday when we do our review with the, with the Mark of the Bestest, the man with the plan, Big Ray, over in the locker room on Monday morning. We'll be uh, doing our big review of actually what went down at Survivor Series. Uh, but I'll be able to stop saying at this point that this was a novelty show, and it, it's tough to judge that. It was. This was tough to, to sit down and kind of write and book, and you had to look at both sides and say, what's what's fair to, to each brand? What's fair to the talent? I, I like both of our shows. Man, you threw a lot of good points there, Jargo. Tough to call. I guess we can leave it out there to the listeners to, to see what points they like, who booked the better show. But in, uh, in real life, in real time, I'm looking forward to, uh, to Sunday evening. I'm looking forward to it, too. On paper, it looks like this should be a really, really good show. I'm just hoping that they don't overbook it and try to do too much with it because then things start getting messy. So that's going to do it for the Survivor Series Around the Pool edition. You can contact the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Find the show on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or Podbean. Make sure that you check out our support system over at thegorillaposition.com. And of course, you can find follow Hameen Media Group by searching Hacker Hameen on whatever platform you get all of your podcasts from. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick, how do the stalkers find you? As always, all of our great listeners out there can find me over on Twitter at TheRealRBV. And I want to give a, a major shout out. Anyone out there can hear me. Please hop on Facebook. Go up to the search tool. Look up the Hameen media discussion group a lot of awesome awesome interactive content going on this weekend we are in our grand opening phase uh we are celebrating all things nxt takeover survivor series we've got uh, we got a pick'em challenge we've got fan polls we got fantasy matchups 
So many conversation threads. We're going to have viewing parties. So much going on, Jargo. I, I know you've been in there. Uh, you've already been, man. You're just you're kind of just dove into uh, so many a variety of different topics going on. Such a great time over there. I just want everyone to go out there once again. Hop on Facebook, throw in a search for the Hameen Media Discussion Group. Jargo and I are both admins. We see them immediately pop up when you request to join the group. We're going to let you in. We want you to join in and all the fun. We look forward to seeing you there. Yes, add to my Facebook notifications because it doesn't drive my OCD crazy at all. All right, everyone. Be sure that you check out our NXT War Games preview show that we're about to record. That'll be up tomorrow. Um, And we're going to review the show tomorrow night right after the show. Uh, We'll also talk to you on Monday from the locker room with our boy, Big Ray, uh, breaking down everything red and blue over on the Hameen Media stream. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See you soon. Label me. I don't give a f- Yeah. <laughs>